You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Eric Kane, your host of Locked On Balls, and we are just one day away from football time in Tennessee. Bowling Green coming to town tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. And we'll have a full post-game reaction Friday morning whenever you wake up. It's going to be a late one Thursday night, but I'm ready for it. I'm excited. Uh, on today's show, in segment number one, I asked you guys yesterday, what are you looking for in Tennessee on Thursday night? It's an inferior opponent. What are you looking for in, in the Volunteers for them to accomplish on Thursday night? I'll recap some of those that you guys send in via Twitter, and I'll give you some of mine. In segment number two, it's Josh Ward Wednesday. We check in with the former host of Lockdown Vols, my colleague, at the Sports Animal in segment two. And in segment three, it's, well, that's that time of the year. Let's set ourselves up for failure. I will give you my SEC East predictions, West predictions, SEC champion predictions, defensive player of the year, and offensive player of the year, along with maybe a coach of the year. That's coming up in segment number three. All that and more here on a Wednesday. Locked on Vols, at Locked on Vols on Twitter, at underscore Kane, or again, Eric Kane, radio personality at the Sports Animal a flagship station for the University of Tennessee, also a contributor, a writer, staffer for the VolQuest.com website. That's Tennessee Rivals covering football and recruiting. Guys, we're talking college football today, Tennessee football, but don't forget the NFL season's right around the corner. It's about to begin, and nobody covers it, just like the Locked On Podcast Network. August the 30th through September the 8th, Locked On's ultimate season previews, taking you through every single team, every single division, with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockenfora. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in beginning on August the 30th, so of course it's ongoing uh, right now, being September the 1st. Alright guys, let's get into it. This is a Wednesday edition of Locked on Vols. So, I set the primer yesterday. What are you guys looking for in Tennessee in uh, the season opener against Bowling Green? And so, got a lot of interaction back via the Twitters at underscore Kaner at Locked On Balls. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Woke says, just win. Well, I think that is the goal there. Just win, baby, right? Luke says, hang 60. If you don't hang 60 here, it wasn't a success. Keep them at 14 or under. Get all the running back and wide receivers involved. Get everybody some reps at game speed. At least a couple of defensive takeaways. 250 to 300 plus air yards. 200 plus on the ground. Zero turnovers. Luke, I'm with you, man. I think they need to accomplish some of that. If they accomplish all of that, again, it's still against Bowling Green. It's it's possible, but I think that might be asking a lot for all of them. I mean, hanging 60 on the scoreboard game one, new offense, new coach, new quarterback, that might be a challenge, but I do, I do envision Tennessee putting up some points without a doubt. I'm with you on the zero turnovers offensively, create some turnovers defensively, and to get everybody involved, I think that is a, a good goal to have. Crazy Vol fan chimes in, says, long passes downfield, stretch the field, exclamation point, exclamation point. Well, I got news for you. I bet you're going to see Joe Milton drop back and try to find Jalen Hyatt all the way down the field a couple times this season, maybe even the season opener. So I'm with you there. Go ahead and, um, and try to stretch that field. I couldn't agree more. Cam Manning chimes in, success in the run game. O-line keeping Milton clean and upright. Don't want a 13-point November out-of-conference game. I hear you there. Older secondary versus their youth. Can we make some plays? Would like to see the foundation of a team that could possibly scrap 
to get seven to eight wins this year. Yeah, good stuff, Cam. Uh, I think you need to be successful running the ball, especially with against a team like Bowling Green that lost some starters from last year that gave up 310 yards rushing per game. So I couldn't agree more there. Got to keep your quarterback clean. You cannot – I mean, football's football, right? It doesn't matter if you're playing D3, high school, Division One SEC, or an FCS opponent, uh, a non-Power you know Power 5 program, whoever the case may be. You know, injuries might happen, but you need to keep your quarterback clean. You need to keep him upright and not give away any sacks. The 13-point November out-of-conference games, couldn't agree with you more, man. This does not need to be a 13-point game. The line has climbed to 35 on most books right now. Still, if you want my advice, take it for what it is. I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole because it's game number one. That's just me. Doesn't mean Tennessee won't win by that margin. I just wouldn't put feel comfortable putting money on it because, again, Tennessee could win by you know, five touchdowns almost and still have a push, If you know, at the, at the, at the very least, right? So, um, yeah, it, it, it could be that way. So, Cam, good stuff there, man. We'll chime into the Mason Jar. I want to see this team stretch the field a little. I'm not asking for 300-yard performance from Milton, but this hype will often should be fun. Throw a couple of bombs. Yeah, going back to what um, I believe it was Luke that said, uh, kind of stretch the field a little bit, or maybe it wasn't Luke. Maybe it was, uh, it was Crazy Ball fan, yeah. Um, throw some bombs, take some chances, especially against this team, right? Give the give the fans something uh, to kind of usher in this hypo era. Uh, when you know, game number one, new team, new system. So hopefully, you'll get to see some of that as well. Uh, Daniel Owen says, "I want to see fundamentals and execution. Let's get the basics established while we have a safety net playing a team we should easily beat." I'm with you there for sure because you can you can take chances just to be very vanilla. I think Tennessee's defense will be very vanilla. Um, I don't think offense is going to show you any trick plays per se because you don't have to. It's Bowling Green. Um, Bowling Green is not Georgia State, okay? I'm not trying to compare the two, but it was very evident Jeremy Pruitt went in there with the, with the thought of, I'm going to rotate guys all the way around on the offensive line. I'm going to rotate guys and uh, you know all the way around on the skill players on both offense and defense. I'm going to I'm gonna treat this like a practice or a scrimmage, and that did not work out well. I am not saying that's going to happen again. I don't expect that to ever happen again. Um, but, you you know, whenever you, you still got to respect your opponent, right? And, you know, the players, when they met with us earlier this week, they said, hey, we still respect them. You know, they're coming here. They're going to be amped up. This will be one of the best places they ever play football in, and so they're going to give us our best effort. Um, so, But focusing on the fundamentals, without a doubt, it is a game to where you can do that. And... Tyler chimes in, listening to the show this morning, and I want to see life on Thursday. I want to see the offense flying down the field. I want to see the defense aggressive and hungry. The sidelines have to be electric as well. Basically, show me everything Pruitt never could. And that, that, that's I like that, Tyler. That, that's a really good way to put it. Let's see some emotion. Let's see some, uh, some lively atmospheres, right? Um, I'm expecting that to be the case on Thursday as well. So, guys, thanks so much for chiming in. I gave you the prompt and you guys delivered. Uh, things I'm looking for, I'm not looking for a certain amount of points. I'm not looking for a certain amount of stats. The only stats, per se, I'm looking for, zero turnovers offensively, two-plus turnovers defensively. Protect the football, play a clean game, be efficient on third downs, and as you guys point out, take advantage of your inefficient opponent. I think that starts with the run game. Josh Heupel said that on vol calls on on uh, on Monday night as well. Everything starts with the run game, so get off on a solid footing on the run game. Protect the football, and then defensively, get after it. Go get a rush with the defensive line. You need to be living in that backfield. That will create some turnovers in the secondary, and if you can't do it against Bowling Green, and again, it's game one. It's not going to be perfect. This team will get better, and it should. It should get better and better as the season goes on. That, that's what most football teams do. 
But if you can't do it against Bowling Green at a high mark, you know, where's that leave us, right? So that's kind of the things that I am looking for Thursday night in the Bowling Green game. Josh Ward joins us in segment number two. Uh, but coming up before that, Ben Online. It's that time of the year again. All eyes pointing towards the football teams on the gridiron, both pro and college. And betonline.ag is your number one spot for all of that action. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the web's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. All you need for that, and yes, you heard me right, 100% welcome bonus is the promo code locked on. Also, be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. For that, you need the promo code NFL100 for new customers only when you sign up. That's NFL100 for the opening day super promo, which is when you make a bet on September 9th in the season opener with the, between the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25. That's the NFL opening day super promo. All that and more is at Bet Online. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports football, basketball, boxing to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the great offers offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online. It's your online sportsbook experts. And, and Renison Bank, guys, one of the proud sponsors here at Locked On Balls. The only thing more exciting than maybe a Tennessee touchdown on Thursday night, right, is owning your new home. The experts at Renison Mortgage are here for you to do just that. They have a wide variety of mortgage options to meet your home financial needs. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to finance your forever home, call Heath. He'll guide you through that process and find the right option for you. Heath's been in the mortgage industry for over 26 years, has successfully helped over 10,000 families find their home and finance that home. Large enough to offer a wide variety of products and small enough to provide custom hands-on service to the clients like a community bank. Call Heath Albritton today at 615-347-0578. That is Heath All Britain, 615-347-0578, or visit them online at therenaissancebank.com. Heath All Britain, MLS number 1964-53, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All loans are available to subject underwriting credit approval and bank in MLS number 402-669. Welcome back to Locked On Vols, a Wednesday edition, one day away from uh, before Tennessee takes on Bowling Green in the 2021 season opener. It's Wednesday, that means it's Ward Wednesday. Josh Ward back on the program. Josh, uh, how are we doing today, man? It is, I mean, we're a day away. It's game week. Yeah, uh, I'm excited. We've spent a lot of time this offseason talking about uh, what's going to happen, new head coach, and uh, we, we joke about how long the offseason is, but for Tennessee fans, uh, I think it's literally and figuratively longer than other fan bases because of everything that you just have to deal with as a Tennessee fan. Plus, no bowl game, so the season ends a little earlier than other teams. So uh, I know that the listeners are excited, and I am too. Yeah, it's something we were talking about uh, talking about on the VolQuest podcast earlier this week. It's, I mean, you know, think about everything that's happened for Tennessee since that Texas A&M loss. You that day you have players missing, uh, players ineligible for the game. Uh, the report comes out from Trey Wallace about uh, the investigation. Uh, shortly thereafter, you have a coaching you have a coaching staff that's fired. You have a head coach that's fired, an athletic director that steps down. All the transition that's come, uh, you know, since then, and um, it's been a wild ride. But uh, obviously, game week is or game week is now. Game day is tomorrow, and Tennessee about to uh, put its best foot forward against Bowling Green. Quarterback announcement, no surprise, but Joe Milton is going to be the guy for Josh Heupel. 
Yeah, not a surprise, and that that's what we anticipated. It was a matter of when it would be announced or at least shown to us if it was going to be game day, but we know that it's going to be Joe Milton, and Joe Milton's teammates knew that he was getting the first-team reps, so now let's see what he can do. And we're not going to find out all that he's going to be able to do in this offense against Bowling Green, but we'll get a chance to see maybe – you know what what he and the receivers look like together. I, I think the running game is still really important within this offense. So Jabari Small, Tyon Evans, how they play, Jalen Wright, what is his role in this game? But it's it's truly a tune-up. This is one where Tennessee should go in, score a lot of points. Joe Milton should be able to have some success. He should be able to hit some big plays to his wide receivers. And I know about the Georgia State game, but I, I really can't stress enough how bad Bowling Green is expected to be. So th- this is one where Tennessee should at least comfortably win in the end and get ready for next week, which will be uh, a big game, the first true test probably against Pittsburgh. But Joe Milton has the tools, and he has a coach that has a terrific track record. Let's see if that combination works out for Tennessee. I was going to hold off on this question till the end, but as we were pointing out just how bad Bowling Green was in 2020, I mean, are, are you taking that 34.5 that's now climbed to 35 in most books? Because to me, I have a rule, unless you're Alabama, and you're, even sometimes with Alabama, if, if you're 29, 30 points, I'm staying the heck away from it. That's Tennessee could beat the brakes off Bowling Green and still not cover. Uh, are, are you taking the volunteers to cover this spread? Well, my score prediction will have them covering, but my wallet will not. So, uh, you know, if, if I made... Eric Kane locked on balls money. Maybe I'd be willing to sprinkle a little bit more, but that, that uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to stand on the <laughs> sidelines in terms of the official number. But uh, I, I think it's I think it's huge for um, a legitimate reason. This is game number one. It's a Thursday night. Now, Tennessee's not the only team on the stage. You actually have his old school UCF playing Boise on Thursday, and then Ohio State Minnesota. But there are very few games on Thursday. Tennessee would love to have a big opener for the fans who will be at the game, but also for the fans who will be watching on the SEC network, and the opportunity will be there. So I think Tennessee's going to score a lot of points, and if the defense can can do well enough to where Bowling Green doesn't have too many opportunities, I think there's a real chance to cover this number as huge as it is. Now, if that happens, if Tennessee wins by 35-plus, we need to be careful Friday about making too much of it. I would say the same for Pitt. Pitt is a 38-point favorite against UMass. On Saturday, so Friday and/or Monday will be a great overreaction time to the opener for those two teams. We need to be careful there, but yeah, the opportunity will be there for Tennessee to score a ton of points against the Bowling Green team that was abysmal last year and is expected to be one of the worst FBS teams this year. Josh Ward joining the show here for Ward Wednesday, and Josh, Josh Heupel. Uh, will not name a backup quarterback. He said that uh, he, he conveyed the message to both of those guys, Hendon Hooker, Harrison Bailey, that he still believes in them. Your thoughts on the backup quarterback situation for Tennessee now moving forward? It's maybe actually the bigger question besides just how will Joe Milton play, but in terms of competition, we've known for the last couple of weeks that Joe Milton's probably going to be the guy uh, as QB1. So who's QB2? And I think that is still a question and legitimate competition. And my guess would be Hendon Hooker just based on his experience at Virginia Tech and still hearing good things about his ability to, to run the offense and his playmaking ability with his legs. But you know, let, let's see if Tennessee gets in that position. That's what Tennessee wants to avoid, but I don't really have to run through too much history for Tennessee fans to know that it, at some point the second quarterback, and in some cases the third quarterback, has been needed. Just look at the last few years. But uh, that that I think is a real ongoing competition. Let's see if Harrison Bailey has pushed there 
on Thursday if um, you know if they go to a second quarterback because I think your goal is to have success offensively with Joe Milton and then give somebody another uh, uh, somebody else an opportunity. My guess would be that if they do as well as expected, we see all three quarterbacks, and then the second half, Hinden Hooker and Harrison Bailey get an opportunity to run the offense. We'll go uh, take a look at that depth chart, week one depth chart. I'm trying to stress to everybody, you can't live by a depth chart, okay? This is just, I mean, it, it's not nothing, but wide receivers are interchangeable. Defensive linemen are interchangeable. I mean, you had Tyler Barron and Byron Young sitting there at 1-2. There's a lot of times they're going to be on the field at the same time. But when you look at that mm-hmm. depth chart, key takeaways from just uh, looking at it first glance. Well, I was uh, I was surprised to see Elijah Simmons there as a listed as a starter or defensive tackle. But as you mentioned, don't make too much of it, especially that position group, because the bigger deal will be rotation. So I want to see how the defensive linemen rotate. That's a question I have. Uh, Cedric Tillman's a player that we've talked about, and his name was in bold on the depth chart. So maybe that does back up the op- the idea that he'll have more of an opportunity this year. The offensive line was as expected, left to right, and I would think that Dane Davis is kind of an important player uh, left or right at tackle if something were to happen to Cade Mays or Darnell Wright, one of those two positions. But uh, there weren't too many surprises to me with the the depth chart. Elijah Simmons would be number one on that list. And then uh, I'm very eager to see what Tyler Barron, Byron Young, and Roman Harrison are able to do. And I say that because the ability to apply pressure and try to force turnovers is going to come back to those guys. I think a lot. So how they line up, how they're used on the field, I think will be something to watch on Thursday ahead of next week's game where they're going to go up against a veteran quarterback in Pitt, which we can break down in seven days. But uh, those guys' ability to uh, create pressure and beat offensive tackles, I think will be really important. Josh Heibel also announced uh, some of the coaches that will be coaching from the box. Uh, the coordinators, Alex Golish and Tim Banks. Uh, Joey Halsey will be coaching from the box, which, make, which makes a whole lot of sense because he's another quarterback's coach. You get two views there from Hypo on the field, Halsey in the box. The full-time defensive staffers will be on the field. Josh, if you were a coach, you can say position coach and or head coach, would you want to coach from the box or on the field? You know, that's a, a really good question. I think it might depend to me on which position group I'm coaching. If I'm coaching uh, a line of scrimmage position group, then I think I want to be on the field. I want to, I want to be able to sit there, look in the faces of my defensive linemen, my offensive linemen, if I'm a secondary coach, I probably want to be able to see more of the field of what they're doing on the back end, maybe uh, the same at linebacker. So I think it depends on the position group that we're talking about on the defensive side. If I'm an offensive coach, offensive coordinator, I would probably lean toward being up in the booth for similar reason uh, because I would want to look down at the field and see everything that's going on. But you know, part of that can come back to, okay, are you, are you overseeing the offense or quarterback? So you know, in this situation, yeah, I might even split that up, wanting – uh, quarterbacks coach down there on the field with my guys but every coach is different and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer as long as the coach has a feel for what he wants to do put him in the right position covering high school football here in East Tennessee there's one coach when we go to that one stadium every couple of years he's a head coach coaching from the box if I were ever to be a head coach I think I love the box so much I would have to be in the box it'd be so weird but if I was a D coordinator <laughs> if I was a linebacker a lot of times you don't get that call but I yeah. love being in the box because I think you can see uh, everything just yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, I, that that is real. Like the ability, if you're on the sideline to see everything going on, is taken away. So, uh, depending on what you need to see and and how that will affect what you're going to do as a coach, that has to that has to play a role. All right, Josh Ward, final prediction. If you have it, you want to share it. Tennessee Bowling Green here coming up tomorrow. 
Yeah, 52-14 Tennessee. So a lot of points for Tennessee and not many given up. I looked at some of the scores last year for Bowling Green to try to get an idea. And in terms of a 35-point number, I think they lost two games last year by 35-plus, and that was playing weaker competition than what Tennessee should be for Bowling Green on Thursday. So a lot of points Thursday night. You have the, uh, the new look within the stadium, and you, you want to put up fireworks for your fans with game number one for Josh Heupel. So light it up. Uh, on the scoreboard and send fans home happy and get them excited for next week against Pitt. So put me down for 52-14. to 14. Just don't bet with me or uh, on my number. <laughs> hey, coming up today and tomorrow for game day as well as Friday on Sports 180. Yeah, we have a lot of football talk, as you can imagine. So a ton of coverage looking at Tennessee starting up the season, getting different perspectives around the SEC, and we'll have game day all-day coverage on Thursday. So all day long in the Sports Animal, we will get fans ready for the game, which you can hear on the Sports Animal Thursday night. Big thanks to Josh Ward for stopping by the program, giving his thoughts on Tennessee Bowling Green, which kicks off tomorrow. We'll have more on the other side, but first, Bill Bar. Nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And if you're unsure about which favorite or which flavor might be your favorite, order a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors in your order. Most of these flavors, 17 grams of proteins, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs. Some of these flavors have up to 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, great for the health-conscious guy or gal looking to lose or maintain weight, okay? So... What makes Built Bar so great is it tastes like a candy bar. It looks like a candy bar. It's covered in 100% chocolate, but it's not a candy bar. It is a protein bar, and it's good for you. So if you want to go to BuiltBar.com right now, you can use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, we got a final segment here of a Wednesday Locked On Balls. Hope you enjoyed listening to Josh Ward there in the last segment. Coming up on tomorrow's show, a complete preview of Tennessee Bowling Green, what to expect. And, of course, Friday we will recap all the action. Hopefully here are some calls from the Vol Radio Network on what should be ample Tennessee touchdowns. Again, big thanks to you guys for uh, chiming in in segment number one with your what do you think you're – or what are you wanting to see on Thursday's game. Thought that went really, really well. And, um, of course, we'll have Twitter Tuesday next Tuesday as well. Uh, here in segment number three, I wanted to do my SEC uh, SEC predictions, East-West, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and, of course, your, um, your SEC champion. Uh, it's that time of the year. I know a lot of outlets and other people have already put out theirs. I just thought that I'd go ahead and slide mine on in here right before Tennessee kicks off its season and the SEC gets going um, here this weekend. <laughs> As I was talking to Lance Daw, the guy that does a lot of our graphics here for Locked On Vols, I said, hey, predictions are only setting you up for failure, right? I mean, that's that's all it is. And so I'm going to read you off my predictions and keep the receipts because we'll go back and revisit these and see how wrong I actually was. So we'll start in the SEC East. I think it's pretty standard on in terms of a lot better um, in terms of tiers compared to the SEC West. I've got Georgia up there at number one. I have Georgia with an 11 and one record. I, I simply have Georgia losing one game, you know, stumbling along the way, whether it be uh, Clemson this weekend, whether you stub your toe against Florida or some point. I mean, very rarely do you see a team go undefeated and, and on into the college football playoffs. So I have Georgia losing one game, 11 to one. They've got some guys out for injury, so it wouldn't shock me if they lost to Clemson this week. But 
uh, wouldn't be the end of the world considering it's not an SEC loss. So moving on, I have Florida at number two. Florida at ten and two losses um, on the season to Georgia, and of course um, a couple other or another one along the way. But Florida's rebuilding. Emory Jones at quarterback. I'm not the biggest fan. I think Anthony Richardson's going to be the better quarterback. But depth is where Dan Mullen will thrive. Losing a lot of starters, but I expect Florida to uh, not continue on as dominantly as it was last year. But you know, pick up nine to ten wins. Of course, oh, when I'm predicting these these actual records, that's where we can really keep receipts, right? Uh, Kentucky's number three. I have them eight and four along with Missouri. That might be a little, you know, that might be a little ambitious there to have both Kentucky and Missouri at 8-4, and four, but I have them coming into the middle of the pack. I have Tennessee, like we talked about on this podcast in days prior. I have Tennessee at 6-6. Six and six. Um, If Tennessee stays healthy throughout the season and gets good quarterback play, I can see Tennessee winning seven games, but uh, depth is going to be an issue for the Volunteers, in my opinion. And then there's a big drop-off at 6 in the Eastern Division. I have South Carolina at 4-8, and eight, and Vanderbilt coming in in the cellar at 3-9. and nine. You look over at the SEC West, it's Georgia's year, it's Georgia's year, but until someone dismantles Alabama, I'm going to pick Alabama to win the West, right? I mean, that's just how it is. And and I have Alabama going 12-0 because I simply just, I look at the schedule and it's like, okay, Alabama should be favored in every single game they play in the regular season. But the way football is, and it's because it's a beautiful sport, anyone can up, upset anyone on a given you know Saturday. Auburn upset them two years ago with a true freshman at Bo Nix, right? So, for Alabama... I have them going 12-0 and because they're going to be favored in every game, but I'm sure they'll lose a game along the way. But number one up in the West, I have Alabama. Number two, my second team in the SEC West is Texas A&M. I am very high on A&M. I know you're starting a new quarterback in Haynes King. Tennessee and Jim Chaney very much wanted Haynes King. Um, but you have an offensive line that's veteran coming back. You've got guys in the backfield that are veterans. You've got guys on, on the outside and skilled guys that are veterans. Defensively, you bring back a whole lot of talent. So I have A&M, and I think Haynes King's going to be a baller, by the way. I have Texas A&M second in the West at 10-2. and two. Coming in at the middle of the pack, 3-4. and four, That's where it gets a little dicey. All right, I'll do it. Give me Ole Miss, right? That defense cannot be any worse than it possibly was last year, right? But it had the best rushing offense in the country, or best rushing offense in the, in the league, in large part because it had such an explosive passing game. Matt Corral, turnover prone in a couple of games, but overall very, very skilled and very, very good at the quarterback position. So I have Ole Miss third at 9-3. and three. LSU, so much talent on that roster, but you're going to have a quarterback that can lead you anywhere. 7-5, and five, fourth. Auburn's going to come in at fifth place, 6-6. Six and six. I think Brian Harson's a good coach, but just going to be too much to overcome here in year one. Arkansas continues to improve, getting up there right around bowl eligibility at 6, then 5-7, and seven. and then Mississippi State coming in in the cellar at 4-8. and eight. Just not a whole lot of talent there. My SEC Player of the Year offensively is Matt Corral, quarterback Ole Miss. My SEC Defensive Player of the Year is uh, LSU defensive back Derek Stingley Jr. And again, until it happens, I'm picking Alabama to win the SEC championship. I understand Alabama lost so much. That's why I continue to hound on, if not now, then win for Georgia. But until Georgia does it, I'm picking Alabama. What say you? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think it's the biggest uh, joke in mankind, my SEC predictions? That's fair. I mean, they're predictions for a reason. We won't know a lot about these teams until they get out there and until they, you know, some of these teams will get hit by injury. Some of these teams will get star players that we don't have even heard of yet. It's a beautiful thing about football, and I'm so excited that we're finally here for football time in the South and around the country. College football, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, 
those are my SEC predictions. I'll go ahead and tap on. Um, I'll go ahead and tap on SEC Coach of the Year. I didn't write this one down. Well, let's say Kirby, Georgia. Okay, for going all the way to the title game, and according to me, losing Alabama. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll give it to Kirby. Right. All right, those are my predictions. What are your predictions? You can chime in at underscore Kane or at Locked on Vols or DM me however you like if you want to get them in there. But um, those are my SEC predictions. Like I said, tomorrow's show, a complete preview, a complete preview of Tennessee against Bowling Green. Final thoughts before kickoff and Friday morning when you wake up. It's going to be a late one for me. I probably won't sleep on Thursday night. I'll do the game. I'll do all the media early in the hours when I leave Neyland Stadium. I'll go straight to the radio station to get ready for my 6 a.m. show. But between then, I will record a Locked On Vols, and we'll have plenty of recap and reactions for Tennessee against Bowling Green. Guys, I appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. Locked On Vols in the review mirror here now for Wednesday. But now, I want to remind you about Locked On Bets. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game anymore with Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow. The Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. We are almost there. The next time you hear my voice via the podcast, you might hear me on the radio today, but it will be game day. It will be game day. Congrats, everybody, for finally arriving at game day. That's coming up tomorrow, and it'll be football time in Tennessee. At underscore Kane or at Locked On Vols. Locked On Vols, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available for your listening pleasures five days a week wherever you want to get your podcast, completely free to listen, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.